Welcome to Trifecta Now, Living a Course in Miracles. This is Season 3, and it's called The Course. Episode 2, Healing, Love, The Kingdom, and Freedom. It turns out that these episodes are easier to write than the previous ones. I spaced them out because I was covering several topics in one podcast. I feel guided in these words, so that's likely why it is coming a lot easier for me. I continue to welcome your feedback, and if you can rate the podcast in the server you are listening to it through, that would be awesome. Then I'd know how you're feeling about it. My email is trifectanow3 at gmail.com. I'm proud to say that I have an audience from all over the globe. United States, Canada, Europe, Asia, and Australia. The podcast providers like Overcast, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast are where most of you are listening from. Thank you. Thanks for listening. First topic is healing. When I would hear the word healing or healer, I would automatically think someone was sick or needed to heal from a sickness. I thought that healing was needed by only those who are sick. Sickness comes in many forms. We know the obvious one, an illness of some kind. Illnesses can be physical or mental. The book equates atonement with healing. It says that when we have reached atonement, then we are all healed. The book says, and I quote, to heal is to make happy. Happiness is found and embraced by those who are whole and healed. Wholeness of mind and spirit is a healed mind and spirit. Those who who are whole and healed can help those who are not. If we try to help others and we are not whole, then we deprive others of the joy of responding and learning how to be wholehearted and healed. Every time someone sends us a kind thought, light, or energy, we are the beneficiaries of this collective oneness. We do not need to know who sent it to us. We need to share our energy and light with others in gratitude. The healer's prayer in the book is, and I quote, let me know this, let me know this brother as I know myself, end quote. Much like the golden rule of treating others how you would want others to treat you, this has the same outcome. It wants us to relate to one another as we relate to ourselves. No selfish motives, but rather self-full ones. The book says that healing is a thought by which two minds perceive their oneness and become happy. Love and joy in its true form cannot be found by those who are not healed. It's a choice. It is not hard to find or embrace. It solely depends on how much you want it. To our spirit, getting has no meaning, but giving is everything. If you share a physical item with someone, then it gets divided up or broken into parts. Its physical wholeness and ownership gets changed. But if you share a thought, light, or energy, this type of sharing does not lessen the ownership. All of it is still yours, but now it also belongs to someone else. This is the oneness we need to understand and embrace. This is the oneness that will make us whole and heal our broken parts. When we heal ourselves and find our true identity, then we awaken and begin to see others for who they truly are. We release ourselves and others from the burdens 
of our judgments and perceptions. Healing is not creating. Healing is making amends. We heal when we forgive, when we let go of the past and the future. Healing makes us whole again. The book shares a few concepts on how to start the reawakening process. And I quote, thoughts increase by being given away. The more who believe in them, the stronger they become. Everything is an idea. How then is giving and losing been associated? End quote. We've been given someone to help us heal. The Holy Spirit is our healer. We only have to ask her and she will help us. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of joy. She helps us heal so we can share our love and light with the sonship. The Holy Spirit was sent to help Jesus and help him find his way when he was here on, in this world. God extends the same assistance to all of his children. Christ recognized and accepted the help. Why shouldn't we? The next topic is love. It is a little word with such a big meaning. But do we really understand it? We have given it so many titles. We've referred to it as first loves, true loves, unrequited love, friend love, motherly love, fatherly love. I'm sure I can come up with a number of others. We have given one word different definitions, which would suggest we do not truly understand what love is. Love is the opposite of fear. Love is the same as joy. Love has no conditions, limits, restrictions, or goals. Love is an all-encompassing sensation that is shared equally with everyone. If you have special love relationships, then you are not understanding the love you are capable of. So how do we grasp and embrace this love? How do we see love for what it really is? We need to change our perception of love. It appears that we do not fully understand its power. I remember having several conversations with book club members about love and special relationships. These were women with children who found it exceedingly difficult to accept that their relationships with their children was not a love relationship. The book explains in detail that special relationships, special love relationships, are not actually capable of the kind of love that God has given us. That this kind of love has conditions and will eventually end in pain and loss, as all special relationships do. When we attach ourselves to others, we set ourselves up for pain and loss, because eventually these relationships will bring this on. I'm not necessarily talking about a death. Loss comes in many forms and in many ways. These relationships are grounded and founded in fear. We are constantly fearful that something might happen to it. The opposite of love is fear. If fear is in the equation, then it is not love you feel. Think about this. If you've ever read stories of near-death experiences, then you should remember that there are a number of common threads amongst all these stories. The one common denominator is the overwhelming feeling of love. I've heard my pastor story over and over for the past 20 years. 
His near-death experience led him to a life of service. When he tells his story, the one thing he emphasizes the most is the incredible feeling of love he had during this, and he has never felt it since. He admittedly says he never wanted to come back because of it. I have read the same thing in every story I've read before and since I heard my pastor's experience. They have all never felt that kind of love ever. It's difficult considering that we do not truly know what love feels like. I think some of our relationships in this world feel pretty close to what that felt like. Love shared equally with everyone. It really does make sense. If it is to be fully understood and experienced for what it is, what a burden you release when you shift those special love relationships into holy relationships with the full understanding that they are a shared relationship, that none of them actually belong to you, but were given as a gift on loan while they are needed in your journey. Each one of those gifts have their own journey and while you may be part of it, you are not their journey, nor are they yours. This understanding and acceptance of love has a whole different feel to it. It is one that has no fear and no expectations of how long it will last. No one is mortified and broken into pieces when it ends in this life. Because it only ends in this life. This life that is not real and does not live in eternity. The next topic is called the kingdom. The kingdom is heaven and earth. And I think that when I was growing up, when I ever heard that term, I only thought the kingdom was heaven. I never saw it possibly being here on earth. The kingdom comes from God and is God. The kingdom is oneness and wholeness. It shares and extends love and understands what love truly is. There is no need for learning or for teaching because there is no belief. There is no need because everyone is connected. The book repeatedly says that the kingdom of God lies within. We are the kingdom both here on earth as it is in heaven. The problem is we forgot that. We separated ourselves from the kingdom within and listened to another voice. We chose to ignore and hide away the kingdom in the recesses of our minds. The kingdom is accessible at any time we so choose. It can be awakened with the help of the Holy Spirit. We just need to ask. To be in the kingdom, we need to focus our attention on it. We need to first accept and believe in its existence then summon that belief in this reality. The kingdom is part of your right-mindedness. It is found where judgment is not and where doubt does not exist. It is the part of your mind that sees the wonder of this life. It is the part of your mind that is open to the messages and communication the Holy Spirit extends to you. It is fair and just and wants not to revenge or attack others. It carries no burdens and fears nothing. It only wants 
to connect and join with its brothers and sisters in the recognition of what is kind, innocent, and whole. The next section is called freedom, or sort of the last section is called freedom. It is another word that has a meaning specific to this world and this life. It is also extremely specific to where you reside in this world. Freedom has many meanings to many people. People living in a first world country versus a third world country sees freedom in a much different light. The freedom this book refers to is not of this world. It is the very essence of a heavenly existence. Free will is the freedom we seek here. The ability and desire to map out and control our own existence as if it has no connection to a spiritual one. We have imprisoned our minds and believe it to be freedom. We are confused about what makes us happy, what love is, and how little control we have over our lives and our very existence in this world. We think freedom is the ability to roam free, speak without condemnation, and choose where we live. In an ego-based world, freedom is all those things and more. In a spiritual mind, freedom is knowing that this life is not real. Freedom is the understanding that love, creating, joy, and peace are ours for the taking. Whenever we choose them, that they are within our power to choose and to live a life filled with the freedom of knowing it is all there really is. Ask for the light and you become the light. There is no limit on how much you can learn because your mind has no limit on how much it can learn. You decide. You choose what to accept and what to dismiss. What is real to you becomes real for you. When you open your mind up to the possibilities of a greater purpose and existence, then your mind is free to embrace and enlighten everyone you meet. You will see this world differently. You will seek out love and peace for finding it will require no work at all. You will lighten your load and your mind will be open to everything and everyone. Your brothers and sisters will no longer be an enemy. They will be your equal and you will share your love and peace and they will share theirs in return. The goal of the curriculum of this book is know thyself. Your responsibility to your brothers and sisters is your responsibility to yourself. What you share, others extend. You will follow the teacher you listen to. If the teacher is not your spirit, then you will extend pain, judgment, and loss. If your teacher is spirit, then you will extend love and peace. They will be imprisoned or released according to what you choose, and so will you. If you give, so shall you receive. If you give others freedom, then you will have yours in return. We are taught that our strength is in us alone, that we are a single entity which must fend for ourselves. The Holy Spirit teaches us that our strength is in God and therefore in us, as God resides in us. Quote, God wills no one suffer. He does not will that another suffer for a wrong decision. That is why he has given us the means and the ability to undo it 
end quote. God allows us the freedom to make decisions and to act on those decisions. He also allows us to change them. When you think of freedom, think about the wholeness and oneness of a collective spirit and a shared sonship. That is where freedom lies. These episodes will not have daily tasks or suggestions on how to embrace the teachings of the book. My intention here is to share my interpretation of the teachings of this book. In my own words, to help you understand what and how you can benefit from shifting your perception and your thoughts to a place that will bring you love, peace, and light. Thank you for listening. The next episode is episode three, and it's on atonement, idols, God, and the Holy Spirit. It will be uploaded on Sunday, June 7th. Remember, this is our journey. Let us keep finding our way. Have love-filled days, sending everyone lots of positive energy. Always love, Denise.